Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to the show. Thank you for joining me today. If you joined me last episode, I talked about Jesus and Christmas. And what I wanted to do with that was show not only the birth of Jesus and Christmas and the reason for Christmas, but also included John the Baptist. And the reason I did that was not only Jesus and John were cousins, they were kin, but they were also brought together by the Holy Spirit in God's plan. And I wanted to really emphasize on Elizabeth's pregnancy and and Mary's pregnancy during that time, because it was only a six-month difference, but how the Holy Spirit was already working in their lives. Because, as I said last episode, uh, Elizabeth was barren, couldn't have a child, but she was going to conceive a child, John the Baptist, who would go out and proclaim to the wilderness and to the world about the coming Messiah of Jesus. And then here's Mary, and that's where we want to get into today because I want to look at the nativity scene. I want to talk about the entire nativity, everything that led up to the birth of Jesus, because there's several people that play key parts in this. And some can argue that Jesus is Christmas, Christmas is Jesus, and that's the end of it. But God had a plan for all of this to to work out the way he had it designed. Because even if you look back in the Old Testament, into the book of Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied about the coming Messiah, prophesied about everything that was going to take place at the nativity scene in Bethlehem. And that was over 700 and something years before Jesus' birth. So it's hard to imagine the nativity scene without one of the most important people, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Although she was an amazing teenage girl, that God chose to have a son brought into this world because he would one day rescue us by his death on the cross. And you have to understand, God's plan was definitely not Mary's plan. She probably pictured her life looking a little bit different before Gabriel came and brought her the news that she was going to have a baby. Her plans were to marry Joseph, as we discuss, and start a family. Besides, how could she have a baby if she was still a virgin? It didn't seem possible for her to have this child, but Gabriel explained to her that God could make the impossible possible and that she would conceive by the Holy Spirit, and the baby she carried would be God's son. As I said earlier, Isaiah prophesied this, and in Isaiah 7, 14, it's written, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin shall conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So if you can imagine for a second, Mary has now considered her own plans against what God has already planned. But the angel told her, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And that's incredible. That's incredible that Mary listened to the angel, knew what she had to do, and submitted and gave herself over to God to said, your will will be done. Because she put away her plans. She set those aside to follow what God has called her to do in her life. Even though it may bring her shame of being an unwed mother, even though that Joseph may not ever believe her, she trusted that God's plan was better than the plans that she had for herself. 
So in our own lives, we must remember this as well. We have plans and ideas for our own lives, but we can never forget that God is capable of more than we can ever imagine. So if you will, right off the bat, we're looking at Mary. Okay? Here's a virgin teenage girl who is going to be married. Gabriel comes to her, says, you're going to have the Son of God, and you're going to name him Emmanuel. You're going to name him Jesus. And everything that Mary had planned has now been changed. But it's been changed for the, for the good. So now we're looking at everything that's happening, and we're seeing that everything's starting to unfold. Okay? So now Joseph has found himself when he agrees to take Mary on. She is pregnant, going to do, do the best that he can by her. He finds himself when the angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him that uh, Mary is going to give birth to Jesus. And it's unlikely that Joseph thought of being married to Mary and trying to raise the Son of God. I mean, can you imagine that for a second? All right? And I'm talking to all the, all the men out there. The woman that you love, you're engaged to be married, comes to you and says, I'm having a child. I did not cheat. It is the Son of God, and we're going to have this child together. Now, being a parent myself, I love my children, but I could not imagine a responsibility or the thought of having the Son of God as one of my children to raise. It would be, it would, it would be very difficult to try to put your head around it, but God has a plan. Okay? God has a plan. So, there's a lot of responsibility there, but Joseph is a righteous man, and even though he really you he really can't see the future in this, but he's joyfully committed by staying engaged to Mary and help raising Jesus as his own. He becomes the the ultimate stepfather, the ultimate stepdad to the Son of God. Teaching him, I'm sure, all of his skills as a carpenter, teaching him um, being polite, being respectful, doing everything he can to um, put into this child to help raise him as a fine young man, even though he is the son of God. So God has a plan for everything in our life, and if we're willing to, to follow what he has planned for us, we would be able to see better ahead than what we're in today because look at it this way he didn't choose mary and joseph by accident to be earthly parents to his son he is chosen to use us even if our own plans don't go the way we want them to he chose joseph and mary for a reason because as i've said before god has a plan he has a plan for your life if you're sitting listening to me today, God has a plan for you. What you have to do is be patient and allow his plan to work. But unfortunate, unfortunately, in, in today's world, we don't allow that. Okay? So as I said, we have, we have two, two people on the stage. We have Mary and we have Joseph. Okay? She's given birth to the Son of God. 
Joseph is going to stay as a loving husband and a loving stepfather to help raise this child. But now when we look and you shift gears and you think back at the ancient times, when Rome celebrated a military victory or a peace treaty or a birth of a new emperor, they would send out messengers to announce the good news to everybody. These messengers had an important job, since there was no social media or no means of mass communication. Word of mouth was the only way to spread the good news in Rome. Now look at the Roman-occupied nation of Israel. In a sleepy little village in the middle of the field in the dead of night, a group of shepherds were trying to stay warm and watching over their flocks when all of a sudden the angels came and to announce a new king is born. Not a Roman emperor, but the savior of the world. So here is our, our third person or people coming into this for the nativity. was well, the shepherds. Because the good news was being spread by the angels that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And as I just shared with you, when these angels came to proclaim the good news, it wasn't a Roman emperor, but it was the Savior of the world. Upon hearing the news, they ran off to see the baby. And after they met Jesus, they claimed to go throughout the villages telling everybody of what they heard and what they saw. We too have the same good news that the shepherds have. We too should be compelled by the amazing news that the Savior of the world has come. The shepherds were not ashamed to knock on doors in the middle of the night to announce to everybody that Jesus was born. We have that same opportunity to announce to the world not only that the birth of Jesus, but also that his death and resurrection can save us. Just like the Roman messengers and the shepherds, God is asking us to spread the good news of his son and tell everybody in our circle of influence, tell everybody about Jesus. That's our job, is to tell everybody about Jesus. And we can do that. All it takes is us to get excited, to know that Jesus is the Messiah. He's made a way for us. His death made a way for us. His birth made a way for us. As I said, it was foretold. It was told even during the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus. So the final people, the final group that's the, depicted in this nativity scene is the wise men or the Magi. The Magi, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, they were astrologers. They were probably non-Jewish faith. But you know what? They saw a star appear in the sky the night of Jesus' birth. And they knew the event was foretold in a cosmic shift of the world. And they traveled to find the source of this event and likely heard the news of the birth of Jesus. So they went to King Herod because they wanted to meet the new king and honor and worship him. And if you look over in Matthew 2... Uh, verses 1 through 12, it says, Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Ju Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, wise men from the east arrived at Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star arose. We come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, just as everybody else was in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers and religious laws. Where is this? Messiah supposedly born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they, they said, for it has been foretold that you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judea. For a ruler have come, 
that you will be able to be the shepherd of the people of Israel. And then King Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And basically what he was doing, according to the book of Matthew, was he was saying, okay, look, when you go and find this child, come back and tell me so I may go and worship him too. All right. Herod was a Roman-appointed king of Israel. And as I said, he was never happy to hear about the threat against his reign. All right. When Herod saw the threat, the wise men saw hope. Herod saw Jesus not as a savior who could rescue him, but someone who would threaten his control over Israel and, and challenge his authority. So Herod was used to being the one who gave all the commands and made all the rules. He didn't want to obey God's son. He didn't want anything to do with Jesus. He wanted to destroy Jesus, matter of fact. But even though the wise men wasn't raised to worship God, they knew that Jesus' birth represented something more powerful and amazing than they ever could understand. And they saw hope and they felt joy when they heard the good news about Jesus. So we started off with Mary being told that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. And then Joseph, it was reconfirmed to him. And they go and they can't find a place. They cannot find a comfortable place to give birth. So they do it in a manger or in a stable. And the Son of God is born in a stable. And the shepherds hear about this and they come to pay respects and to honor the, the, the king, the king of kings that's going to save them. And the wise men travel from the east, not believing in Jesus, but knowing that there's hope and there's excitement and there's something drawing them to this child. King Herod sees it as a threat to his rule and his reign, and he sends out a decree to go out and destroy the children under two years of age. So when the wise men come, they've already know and been told by the angels never to go back toward Herod, to go a different way home. But they come and they present gifts to this baby that is born laying in a manger. Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. The best of the best for a little child that would one day save the world. Is that not good news? Is that not anything to be excited for? Christmas Day is our Savior's birthday. As it was foretold 700 plus years before Jesus' birth, the same story should be told today that God has a plan. God wants each and every one of us to follow his plan, his will. Because what he has in store for us at the end of the day is better than what we're in today. It's hard for me to sit here and explain this to you. I, I just ask you to go and read the, 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 the Bible and look at the stories and read the scriptures. Because... Three magi, wise men, non-believers, 
came to follow a star, felt led to follow a star, and ended up at the feet of Jesus and presented such beautiful gifts, which were the best of the best for back then. Shepherds come out of their fields, left their flocks to come see this child that was born. The Emmanuel, Jesus, the Savior of the world. That's the nativity scene, ladies and gentlemen. That's where everybody comes together and, and all does their part according to God's plan. Just as this Christmas season, I believe there's a plan out there for each and every one of you that are listening to my voice. God has something that he wants you to do. You may or may not want to follow it right now. There may be something going on in your life to where you're having family problems. You may be having financial problems. You may be having some kind of issues going on in your life and you're not sure what to do. And everything that you're trying and all the plans that you have put in place are failing. Isn't it time to turn it over to God and allow Him to, to work out His plan? When you hear about Jesus and understand the gospel, He became our Savior and our King. That means we are giving up our own decision-making and controls of our own lives to follow Him. We can focus on the king and not on ourselves. So the question that I have to leave you with is this. Do you want to be a Herod that only is concerned about yourself and what you may lose because of Jesus? Or would you like to be Jesus and know that there is hope and life and more out there? To me, the decision's very clear. I want to put all my hope and my faith into Jesus because he will get me to where I need to be when it's his time. Like I say, God has a plan for us. We just got to be able to, to trust in it and to allow him to do what he needs to do. So as I get ready to wrap this episode up, I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in and listening. And I hope and pray you got something out of this. And just remember, Christmas, Christmas means a lot more than a commercialized gift-giving in commercials. It's about our Savior. It's about a baby being born that would one day lay down his life for us. So I hope you tune in next time as we continue looking at Christmas and looking at Jesus. And you always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless.